I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane, I'm on top of the coffin, having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh my God! No! Hey, oh and, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah! And and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it! Do it harder! Make more noise and stuff! It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. So I thought the highlight of SmackDown was certainly the Rocky Johnson package. Yeah, it was good. But I, but I, you know, I got, I gotta ask the question. Yeah. If, if there wasn't such thing as the Rock, would Rocky Johnson have gotten that? Well, if there wasn't such a thing as Rock, would would Rocky Johnson be in the Hall of Fame? Well, touche. I think your answer is the same on both counts. So, but I'm I'm, I'm not dis- I'm I'm not trying to. I, I guess I am downplaying it a little bit, but I, I don't mean to disrespect it or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, I think I think he would have deserved one anyway, but I, I don't think WWE would have done it. I think there's. I think this is a an appropriate way to look at it. I'm not going to say it's the only way to look at it, but I think this is a good way to look at it. Because of his son and his accomplishments and because the WWE wanted to please Dwayne so much and put his father in the Hall of Fame, it has exposed a lot of people to Rocky Johnson who would never have been able to experience him. Um, and Good point. Because of that, it has caused some people who may not have appreciated him to appreciate him. Now, would they have on their own recognized his important significance and his historic role in wrestling? Probably not, but because he has this amazing legacy, which is his son. That's everybody's legacy. By the way, they always talk about what your legacy, your, your kids are your legacy. Um, and Rocky has a great legacy. Um, so for whatever problems he and Dwayne have had over the years and for whatever stories that are coming out about Rocky. And I, I feel like we're going to have some interesting ones coming up because I was just listening to the latest six Oh five super podcast, um, and the next episode is when we're going to hear why that book was taken off of the marketplace for people who don't know that Rocky Johnson book that I think was put out by crowbar press or ECW, one or the other, uh, has been pulled off of the marketplace. So if you did get a hard copy of that, consider yourself lucky. You have a collector's item. I don't think it's going to be up there with the Gary Hart book or anything of that nature. Uh, but for some reason or other, somebody felt that for legal reasons or for something, which we're going to get into next time out on 605 The Super Podcast, that book had to be pulled. For whatever shortcomings that Rocky Johnson may have had in life, he has something amazing in in uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson that's going to live on forever. So, you know, that that should be celebrated. And it, it should be said that for all of the faults of World Wrestling Entertainment, nobody does that stuff. Nobody does those production pieces as well as they do. Nobody really even comes close. It's the standard in the industry. It's what everybody shoots for and fails. Um, but it doesn't mean you don't try because if you do half as well, you're going to do pretty well. But they they cannot be touched. And it's been that way for, what, 35 years or something like that now. Right. Easy. I mean, they, they and, and to, I think it also needs to be said, we just consider it and we think it's so automatic that they're going to do something great. That's a 48-hour turnaround for those guys. That's yeah. not easy. I don't I don't give a shit who you are and how much other work you have done or I don't you know whatever. That's not easy to do to turn it around like that. And to um, go and try to find that footage and clip yeah. it all together. I mean, I, I'm not anything in, near a video editor or anything, but it yeah, it can't be easy in a 48-hour span like that for real. It's different when you have an older guy like as Bruno San Martino was getting up in age, as Freddie Blassie was getting up in age, you kind of knew, well, we're getting close to the end on these guys. Let's start pulling some footage. Let's start putting this together. This was out of nowhere, and Rocky Johnson was still a relatively young man. So uh, to be able to – again, we, we almost kind of take it for granted at this point that they're just going to do something amazingly spectacular and capture somebody's life in about two and a half or three minutes. Um, but it's not easy to do. And once again, they come through in a big way. Yeah, sure did. 
glad they um, did it uh, for whatever reason. So the I guess there's a couple of different things we can talk about. Um, we can talk about the Irish Potato Road Open, which happened on Sunday. Right. Uh, we were at ROH's uh, show at Concord, and it was, again, we were kind of in an interesting place because it was just hours after they announced that Marty Scurll was going to be the new co-booker, head booker, sort of booker for Ring of Honor Wrestling. And then uh, Nick Aldis kind of shoots an angle at the beginning of that thing with the NWA thing where they've got sort of an invasion thing that's kind of happening. Did you um, see that on uh, NWA this week? That little piece they I did. did? I did see, yeah. It, we, were, I, we were off in the background at one point for like a half a second, and you could see us. Look at us. We're so important. <laughs> yeah. I got a telescope. I don't understand how it's going to work. I don't understand how Delirious is still kind of sort of a consultant booker. I, I, I don't understand. How how do you understand that relationship to be? Because I don't, I don't really get how it's going to be. Um, I don't think it was – I don't think it was laid out very well for everybody. I, I think it was very vague. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't see how that's going to work. I'm sorry. I just don't see how that's going to work. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see what the how they're going to make any of that happen. And I don't think it's ever been. I, I think it, un, un, it's unprecedented in in wrestling. And I for the well, life who of me, knew Marty Scurll was even a booker. Thank you. Know? you. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I don't know. he is, and we just never knew about it. I don't know. He's a, weird. I think he's an amazing talent, but I just don't know how that comes up with, hey, this is the guy we need to put us here. I don't I don't understand how that conversation takes place. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't get that at all. I don't know whose idea that was or whatever. I, I You know I what guess, it almost sounds like? This this is almost what it sounds like. It, it, and it, it could be your Occam's razor. This could be it, man. This could be the, the reason because it's just obvious to me. Well, I want to go to AEW. This is Marty Skrull. I'm, I'm, I'm going to AEW because all my buddies are there, you know, and Cody, all those executive vice presidents and stuff. We'll, we'll keep you here. Uh, this is ROH. We'll, we'll keep you here, Marty. Uh, and, you know, you talk about all those guys down there. executive vice. What if we make you head booker? How would you, you like go. that? It's like the relationship, right? Uh, yeah. We're going to have a baby. Let's have a baby. It's almost like they're... I guess I'm just going to have to say desperate. They're desperate to not lose another, uh, you know, a, a high mark guy like that to AEW to the same place. All those other guys went They're just because it, it, it virtually killed them last time. With according, that mass to exodus. according to the latest edition of the wrestling observer newsletter, the idea for the segment of the dark order was to reveal Marty Skrull to be the leader. That's what they were going to go for late in the year. And now the new plan is this is a spoiler alert. I'll give you five seconds to turn away from this podcast before I spoil it for you. Five, four, three, two, one. Matt Hardy is supposed to be the guy. That's what the the plans are now to have him be the leader of the Dark Order, which I I keep wondering if that's going to save that piece of shit angle or not. (laughs) I I don't know. AEW this week was a really good television show. The first 40 minutes were very good. The next 20 to 22 minutes were really bad. And then the rest of it was really good. And they deserved, I thought they were going to go over a million. They have a lot of momentum in their first, I guess this is the third show of 2020. They've got a lot of momentum so far, and they're doing a lot of good stuff. Cody's promo was a money promo all the way. MJF was fantastic as always. Do you think uh, Cody's promo was money? I, it seems I see, kind of, of clunky to me. I'm hearing a lot of people have different opinions on this. I thought it was very good. Uh, I, it wasn't the best that he's done. But I thought he's—I thought it was very good, and I—I I think Brian Last is in your camp. Is like it was a little pretentious, and it came off not exactly like you said, a little. Eh. But I—I I thought it was good. I thought he—he he cut a pretty powerful promo there. Well, I think it, a lot of Cody is just his presence, his aura. You know, I think that's all uh, kind of like his dad. It's just. He doesn't have to say a whole lot, but when he says stuff, it that just enhances everything, really. But I don't know, just the the way he would the the way he was saying things and stuff, it just seemed kind of all over the place, and didn't. It just seems like he was doing it too much off the cuff and saying things twice, and I don't know. Just I thought it was me, but glad to hear last and maybe whoever else agrees with me. I think Cornette was more of uh, on my side. You're you're the Brian Last of our particular podcast. Hmm. So, motherfuck, 
motherfucker. I'm going <laughs> to slit your throat in the night. Watch you bleed out, motherfucker. Because I don't agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, you have to agree with me because my opinion is right. And, you know, that's it's not really an opinion. These are just facts. Right. I may have, I may have worked with people like that over the years. May uh, have. Maybe, maybe working with one now, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm only serious. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I thought. And the, what, what did you think of the show that we saw on Sunday on uh, Irish Potato Road? Um, I liked it. Um, it was, it was good. Uh, it wasn't great. It was good. Um, I enjoyed seeing some of these guys I've really never really seen before. Some of them, I'm, a couple of them I never really heard of to be brutally honest, but, um, but yeah, overall I, I, I'll give it a good B plus. What about you? I liked it. I thought it was good. I just thought it lacked some soul. I just, there was a lot of you know, it was all there, but I didn't, I didn't see a lot of heart in that stuff. You know, they've got some great athletes that make some great moves and have some really good matches. Um, the company at this point kind of lacks direction. Yeah. Which, which I don't think is like a, a real surprise for ROH. Um, the tag team stuff I thought was really good. The women's stuff was eh, whatever. Yeah. It was but all it just, right. Overall, I guess that would be my two word answer. Would be, I, it I will say soul. this. Uh, yes, I agree with you on that. But I will say this: at least the ROH women's match matches. I think there was how many of them? There were one or two. Did we see? Well, we had some. We had a women's angle at the end because Mandy was trying to interfere with Angelina. Oh, and, that's and, what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yes, okay. But all that, even the even that included, was better than that horseshit of a. Well, I guess I'll call it a match on AEW with Brandy and whoever those other people were. It was ridiculous. I, I don't oh, it's understand. Horrible, dude. And again, I don't know why anybody in, you know, if Tony Khan was any kind of a man or had any balls at all, he would go, "All right, we're just we're not going to have a women's division until we can get this right. We're going to pull all the women's stuff." But they're they're in too deep at this point. I think they're in too deep uh, with the woke culture and stuff, and it would be seen as a slight toward women at this point, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly what I was going to say. And even uh, though there, there's no, there, it's it's half baked. They're not ready to have a women's division. They haven't for three or four months now. I'm going to tell you what they've been teetering on that line of matches that really should be on national television for the last 14 weeks or however long they've been on. But I'm going to tell you what that one the other night with yeah. Brad. Oh my God! It that made that that dark order beat down. Shane McMahon looking punch throwing thing <laughs> made that look like an Oscar winning performance, man. I mean, it was just horrible the other night. I just, yeah. oh, I almost felt sorry for him. I really did. And, and you think it's like they haven't hit rock bottom with that yet. Oh, oh God. Let's, oh my goodness. It's, and again, nobody in that company can go, I don't know. Because it, I, it, all, it's kind of funny that the of all the, the woke culture stuff that's going on and the inclusivity and the rainbow and all this shit, you know, Kenny Omega tries to turn the women's division into essentially his personal brothel. So it's very odd. Yeah. But yet nobody can go, eh, we got to pull this because it's really ruining. It's really hurting the show. I would be very interested to see what that last half hour of the eight o'clock hour, uh, what the ratings were on that. Hey, and again, I'm going to, I'll tell you, I think they deserved whatever they got, 970,000. I thought it was going to be closer to a million. The 18 to 49 numbers were very good. And kudos to these guys for getting the contract from Warner Media. I'm very happy that they're there for yeah. three years. However, if anybody thinks that because they've signed a three year deal that Warner Media is obligated to have this show on for three more years, you're absolutely full of shit. <laughs> You know there's an outclaw somewhere. Of course there is. <laughs> if anybody, oh, there, and now they've got two shows. So AEW Dark is going to be AEW Light. I don't know what it's going to be. It was stupid to call it that. You have no idea. But and so oh my are God. we still going to have AEW Dark? Or, or is I don't know. I don't know. It was stupid to call it that. It was. It was never dark. A dark match is one that you don't fucking see on television. And I see this one on television because the U YouTube, as the kids say, is TV. Except it's all over the world. Well, plus, I think it kind of it, it kind of confuses people sometimes. Well, it could, I, I'm guessing. What is it with well, dark what does it order? Mean? You know, because you know, dark, dark order. 
What, what does it mean? What is the concept behind AEW Dark? I don't know. This stuff's a little bit darker than what we do on television. I don't know. It's got. It, what, is, what are they trying to? I have yeah. no idea. And, and neither do they. They have no idea. And it's just insider bullshit. But now, you know, they've got another two hours. Hey, I'm happy for them. I'm glad they got It's a great deal for them. But it does not mean, boy, this they've really got Vince's number. They are on their way to conv- competing with Vince McMahon. If you think that that's the case, then you're full of shit. That, that's not at all what's going on. I think that they've got a lot of momentum right now. I think they missed a lot of opportunities, but man, they have a long way to go before they can truly compete with the WWE, which by the way, is not exactly at a creative apex right now, but they're getting better. I mean, they're, they're, they're looks like they're making progress. NXT is really good. NXT is a really good show and they developed a lot of stars off, off of NXT outside of, Outside of that, it's still very problematic. The biggest, the who is the biggest star in WWE right now? Is it but, Roman Reigns? Well, he got pretty loud pop tonight. Is it Brock Lesnar? I don't know. I, I could. I can't. Well, it depends you. on how you defend star. I mean, are you talking about babyface? Talking about? I'm going to say draw? In, in terms. This is going to be mainstream appeal, and I think when you look at mainstream appeal, like somebody who doesn't follow wrestling. They maybe know who Roman Reigns is, or they maybe know who Brock Lesnar is. I think probably Roman Reigns would be their biggest star because somebody else who's a mainstream star like John Cena isn't there anymore. Ronda Rousey's not there anymore. And their biggest star, eh, he's not, he's again, he's never been over. He's never really truly been over. He gets well, those if, gonna, if you're going to go that route, then you almost have to throw the Miz in there just because he's got his TV show and he's been on that reality show before. I always, I forgot which one it was. I always forget which one it is, but you the know real what I'm world. saying? Real world. Real, yeah. Fuck. It was on the real world like 20 years ago. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I mean, he's just, he's a big but, star. But see, I, you know, I mean, you got, you can look at real world 20 years ago on YouTube. People know who he is. I mean, sure. you know, so he's a lot out of it. So, but I'm just saying, I mean, don't, don't forget about him. If you're going to go, you know, talk he, about mainstream. He's a, I mean, there are people who've gotten a lot of miles. You're going to be on survivor f- f- fucking 500 years ago too. Mm, who? Name, name one person. I would say reality show herpes. <laughs> he is, he's like reality. Yeah. Fair play is reality show herpes. He just never goes away. And you mm. keep thinking it when you, and you, you treat it. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of you're thinking one day, and and it pops up. There it we is. Haven't run into him lately, have we? No, we get to hear stories about him. No, well, because somebody just can't break up with him. <laughs> I understand. It's bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. I I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. uh, but AEW and and the women's division and. It's just it's just a mess. But but I, one more thing on ROH. I'm not sure if we're you're through talking about them or not. Go but, for it. Um, I was a little disheartened at the number of people that were there compared to the last time we were there. Even when you and I were there, uh, whenever that was, when back when Roderick Strong and all those guys were still around, right? And. There was a pr- fairly decent crowd there. I mean, you know, the parking lot was had a lot of cars in it, you know. Man, not this time. Not this time. Not at all. And that was just, I, it's just, I don't, I mean, I don't know what that says really. It, it maybe just goes back really to what you were just saying earlier about them not having heart and soul and it, no real direction really. With, But it, it's almost like, they just need to shut down for a, like a month and then come back or something. Now, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I just, I, I feel about them like that, like I did, a, well, up until about six months ago, maybe or less about impact. I just, I was with them from the start. And I, I just, you know, even with through the Dixie years, I tolerated that and all this shit. And our Oasis has kind of been one of those shows to me that, you can always just count on if you want to just watch some good wrestling, you know, and storylines are there pretty good most of the time. But the, the wrestling part, man, you, you couldn't beat it. But since all those guys are gone now, and I'm not saying this crop right now isn't isn't they can't wrestle, but it's just I guess it again goes back to what you it's just no heart or soul there to to kind of root for almost, you know, and 
And you know, we sat behind uh, Andrew Everett's dad, and I, yeah. I'm pulling like hell for him. I hope he this this might be his time to do something since they're in the spot they're in. I mean, I I, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but if there's a good time for him to try to climb that ladder, man, it's it's now. Well, that's the thing about him. He he's all heart. Right. Yes. He's, that guy's all heart. And yeah, I, I just don't, I think it speaks to just the basic dysfunctionalism of the Sinclair company. They've never really embraced that promotion for what it was. Um, they don't have people within their division that really understand the power of it, even though it's on some really great properties um, in a lot of different markets. It's got great exposure. There's never been any synergistic quality at all between the broadcast division and that wrestling company. Um, they, yeah, everything would be all behind and shit. That's why I, that's why I had a hard time watching it a lot because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you turn it on, you, you know, online, you know, that, you know, and just, well, and just in general being online that at some point that there's going to be a pay-per-view and it's coming up like, you know, let's say tomorrow night and, you know, tomorrow's show will have, be like talking about shit from like three weeks ago or something, you know, and it's just, it was just unbearable to try to turn on and not, you know, knowing it's going to be all jacked up to what real reality was, you know, what the real time thing was. So that's what turned me off on it. I just, you know, it, it just, I just got frustrated with all that, but I know that sounds petty, but I just, it just well, no, it's, crazy. I think it's realistic from a wrestling fans point of view. I don't think that anybody in that company ever thinks about what they need to do to appeal to the casual wrestling fan or to the hardcore wrestling fan. It's kind of like, uh, well, we've got a wrestling company. I don't know. What do we do with it? And part of it is also, I mean, symptomatic of what happens in, in our market in Greensboro, Winston Salem is like, I think they get really good numbers here, but there's just something with the head office here that doesn't want to bring these guys to town or do anything or try to, um, appeal to advertisers with it. I think they're kind of embarrassed sort of to own a wrestling company and it's not like the major league company. So I just don't know what to do with it. So eh, we'll just let them kind of out, you know, we'll let them flounder. We'll have some benign neglect over there. Well, I mean, it's really gotten to the point too, that it's kind of like that in a triangle. When's the last time they were over, you know, here, you know, Chapel Raleigh area. And they've got good affiliates there. I don't know what their numbers are, but I think they do very well in Greensboro, Winston Salem. Yeah. And they just can't, they can't honestly. I don't know. There's. I don't think there's been any serious discussion about bringing that promotion back to this area. It's really weird, man. It's, it's really odd, weird. right? But it. You could see how that would speak to an overall dysfunctionality with the corporate culture at Sinclair. Sinclair's a fucked up company. They're they're just a dreadful, awful company up there in Baltimore, and they don't even know what they're doing when they kind of know what they're doing. They're they've tried to put out this right wing bullshit news product, and they've half-ass succeeded at that but they haven't really and everything i don't know that i've ever seen sinclair do anything whole ass everything is half-ass with that company Hmm. and that includes their wrestling promotion so i don't know yeah that's starting to show (laughs) and it's weird I just feel like, you know, again, this Hail Mary with Marty Skrull. Hey, this is the guy we need to book. This yeah, will really get us there. I'm glad you said that because that, that I never got that. You know, when he they made the announcement, hmm, okay, maybe something. I don't know. You know, I just never picked up on somewhere down the line that he was a great booker. But, you know, I, somebody knows something. I, you know, I'm just, I guess. I don't know. I, I have no idea. What would you that crowd down there for the that ROH show that we went to? What, what how would you gauge that? Like, I know it's hard to because you're just kind of going on reaction to things and stuff like that. But just, do you think they were like hardcore fans? You think they were yes. just ROH? Okay, it felt to me like it was eighty percent hardcores and twenty percent was people with their kids because there were a few kids there and stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it was it was. I'd say four, yeah, four out of five people there were hardcores and they were the, um, you know, the people who were out there buying bullet club t-shirts four years ago and you know, all that people who might be interested in what happened at wrestle kingdom and shit like that. I think that's, that's who, that was my perception of who we saw. And, and that's not going to draw a huge crowd. No, nope. it just isn't nope. because there aren't that many people. Uh, you know, in Concord, North Carolina, they're gonna be like, oh man, I'm seeing some of the best workers in the world with Marty Skrull and, you know, 
what really kind of bothers me about ROH is how you see talents like Dalton Castle just languishing. That guy's an amazing talent. Yeah. Gimmick-wise, well, work-wise, well, everything. I thinking guys like him, some of these veteran guys that have been in ROH a while, it's I can see them picking up and leaving mo- a lot of them. Like him being one of them. I don't know why in the world the Briscoes are still there. I mean, what else are they going to do? I mean, they've done everything, everything there. I just don't think that they want to work that schedule and do the house shows and shit along with what's going on back in Sandy Fork with raising those chickens. Honestly. I guess, man. That's got to be it because I, but, I just don't get it, man. They would be so over anywhere they went. But Jay, Le- you got to explain Jay Lethal to me. I don't understand why Jay Lethal stays there. That that well, one to me is the the real head scratcher. Well, I mean, you kind of got to think about what the what what's her name was spreading about him, you know, a year or so ago about him you know, abusing women and hashtag me too. And, uh, well, I guess, I mean, what was it? Um, I can't think of her name now. I'm trying to think of it. Um, she was in ROH of course for a while. Ah, damn. Taylor Hendricks, Taylor Hendricks. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, maybe there's some validity to that. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a good question, man. I've always wondered that why he never made that step up. Especially when NXT started getting hot. He would seem to me be a a natural for NXT. Yeah, and dude, don't you think he would be over in some NXT? Well, I would think like a Jay Lethal-Adam Cole feud would be almost a natural. Good Lord. I mean, that seems unbelievable to me. But yeah. um, So yeah, it was great to see an ROH show that didn't involve Cole Cabana. I really enjoyed that as well. That was nice, yes. Um, and then before that, the night before I saw the NXT UK takeover thing and then Imperium got attacked by the undisputed era at the end of that thing. Yeah. Um, read about that. So let's talk about, uh, triple H apologizing for making a, a silly joke about page. Uh, if you, in case you missed it, he was on camera at some sort of conference call or something and was talking about concussions and was talking about various reasons that people would might want to leave the uh, the the business early, which I guess is sort of uh, kismet because Luke Keekley of the Carolina Panthers, who at one time would have been considered the best linebacker in the National Football League, uh, has retired at the age of 28 years old, which had been something for a previous generation we never could have imagined that someone, particularly who was making the kind of money this guy was making, would say at the age of 28, boom, I'm done. Did you see but the video he did? No, I didn't. Was it amazing? Oh, man. It was, it's, you know, like four or five minutes just thanking the fans and the coaching staff and, you know, the farewell video and kind of why he did it. And when he starts breaking up, basically saying when he he's like, it's this is so hard to do because I still want to play. And when he started saying that, he started breaking up and got all silent, trying to hold back tears. You know, he goes, but I know it's the right thing to do and I have to do it. And it okay. God, it was just horrible. It's a, it's amazing, and I think one of the great images for uh, people who follow this team is the image of him getting knocked silly and then crying on the field because he had a concussion. Yeah, and he knew, uh, and he knew. They probably told him, one more concussion, and you're done, yeah. son. Well, sometimes also when you have the concussion, you can't control your emotions very well. Um, so, yeah, it, oh, um, yeah, that was always going to be tough. So Triple H makes a joke about like, well, Edge has kids and well, Paige probably has kids, but she doesn't know about it. Ha 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 ha. Paige then tweets about, well, I, I guess that's why people make fun of me so much is because if my boss does, then I, I can see why you guys feel free to. And then Triple H uh, apologizes. I, I thought. I guess it was appropriate for him to apologize. I thought the entire entire thing was much ado about nothing. I thought it was a very silly I, joke. Thank you. I thought so too, man. I, I thought I mean, it was, I'm not trying to downplay it again, but I, you know, I get it from her point of view that she's tired of being everybody's punching bag. She's been through four yeah. or five years of this shit with the, the release of that video and all that shit. And I, I get that, but it, it's just and, not and something I, you would say in a public display like that. You know, it, it's it, like, it was, and then he has to apologize. You know, I, I, I thought it was a, a massive kerfuffle and it, it's fine. I'm not pissed it off at him because he apologized, but I thought the whole thing was made way greater than it had to be. And I didn't, you know, I, I understand that she's, she's tired of being everybody's whipping boy. And she feels like that because of his casual making fun of her, that opens the door for all of these 
assholes on social media to kind of make fun of her. Hey, I got news for you. The, the assholes on social media are going to find a reason to make fun of you anyway. You're kidding. Come on Listen, now. Doesn't matter if, if Vince's son-in-law says shit about you or what, but if you feel like you need an apology and if you feel like that's going to help somebody else, that's fine. I think the criticism that's been leveled against her mostly is pretty silly. Um, I always, you know, the slut shaming stuff from several years ago was just so egregiously stupid and so juvenile and so pedantic of these people who have never even touched a boob in their life. And they're like, Oh, she's such a slut. What is she doing? So who cares? Who cares? It's her body. She was not married to anybody. She's not interfering in anybody's relationships. And they were having fun. And just because some asshole decides to uh, release it and everybody, you know, can look at it on the internet. Hey, big deal. Doesn't it doesn't make her a slut? Doesn't make her a whore or anything else? That's ridiculous that you would have that reaction. So yeah, I I, I understand how it becomes fairly casual for people to make fun of her. But at the same time, maybe let's just explore that you're being just a little too sensitive about this whole situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, also, mean, I, I also felt the same thing when I was watching the end of the Democratic debate and Elizabeth Warren goes up to Bernie Sanders <laughs> and said, hey, I think you called me a liar on national television. Ma'am, I think you're great, Professor Warren. I think, as Senator Warren, you're, you're wonderful. Once you make it to being a senator in the United States – and one of 100 of those people that hold that position, you're going to get called a liar. There's nobody in that chamber. And you're going to be like loudly, publicly, daily, you are going to be called a liar. I don't understand how you can take it that personally. And, okay, let's have the discussion. But you don't really want to have that discussion right there. And you knew cameras were on you. You knew there were microphones there. It's going to happen. You really can't have that sort of indignancy, can you? Yeah, that was just bad. I just don't, I, 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 you know, I feel, and they should have the discussion, but it was, it's, it's at some level, it's just part of the job, isn't it? Yeah. You just, you know, just shake it off at some point, you know, you just whatever. It's almost, it's almost like David Lee Roth in 1978 going, I just did not know all this pussy would be thrown at me. I am not comfortable with this and I'm going to go home. I do not want to be a rock star. I didn't know, had no idea this was all part of this. <laughs> this is just, if I'd have known. Had I known, had I known this was frowned upon in this establishment, <laughs> it's just, seriously, if you're going to be, uh, and, and maybe that's, again, part of my insensitivity, because if you are a woman and you are in the wrestling business, there are going to be certain things that are said about you they are going to be unkind. Fair enough. That shouldn't be the way it is. It should not be normalized, and it should not be, you know, it, sh it shouldn't be accepted. I'll grant all of that to you, but no one's ever allowed to make fun of you for any reason or make any silly joke about you because they're gonna, they make silly jokes about guys and women and everything in between in wrestling. And it's been done for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to be one of these guys that sits here and bitches about the PC culture and all this horse shit. By the way, it's still great to see those Fox nation promos on during SmackDown. God damn. No matter what happens, no matter what happens at the network level, I don't want any of you stupid fucks at news Corp or 21st, whatever you're calling. I think 21st is the name of that company. I don't want you people to ever go, eh, Maybe we shouldn't try to brand that during SmackDown. I, I want you to have stupid ass uh, Funkasaurus boy up there pitching, <laughs> you know, Sean Hannity's nutsack, a seven part series on Fox Nation. No matter what happens, that's what I want you motherfuckers at 21st to do. And I don't want anybody to ever question it. I want to have 75 fucking meetings about what the football is going to look like for the Super Bowl logo on Fox. But I don't want to have one guy ever go, eh, let's replace that. Let's let's promote anything else but stupid ass Fox Nation, which is anything. a piece of shit for morons. How about anything? Just it's just a thought. But again, I, I, I'm out there. I'm crazy. I'm a loon. I'm out of lockstep with America. Clearly, I have no idea what's going on because I grew up, I, I don't know, you know, this on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I don't know You're if people kidding. know that Yeah. In the 10101 uh, zip code. Yeah. That's where I'm from. Wow. Cool. In New York Times, uh, yeah. NPR, uh, and then the Met. We would go to the Met Gala every spring, and uh, that, so that's lucky. what we did.
So I'm I'm I'm, I'm clearly uh, as as uh, Martha McSally would say, the senator from Arizona. I'm a liberal hack. That's what I am. <laughs> um. So yeah. So the page thing, and then we can put that behind us, and we can go on with our lives. Yeah, I guess you know. I guess more. It was just if it, if all that other shit hadn't happened to her, and he'd have said that, it'd have been nothing else said about it. He was just oh, he was just joking with Paige. But since everything else went down, it just. I guess it just didn't look good. I don't know. He apologized and saw behind us. Do you remember seeing Soul Man, Rocky Johnson, and Charlotte on August the 7th of 2010? I do. Didn't we pass him in the hall, in that breezeway uh, as we were coming in? He was over there by like a bench or something. Close enough to smell his cologne. I'll tell you a story that you may have forgotten from that August 7th, 2010 meeting. Okay. Yes, that was the same day as the Ultimate Dragon. <laughs> Soul Man Rocky Johnson is signing stuff for people um, and doing photo opportunities. And some guy comes up and he's got a really nice wrestling poster. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. And I believe uh, it was a sweet yes. ebony diamond wrestling poster. Yes, it was. So Rocky That's Johnson. Why I yes. Rocky Johnson starts signing it. He signs it. He begins to sign it as Rocky Johnson. He realizes halfway through signing Rocky Johnson that he's he's fucked up and he should be signing it Sweet Ebony. He scratches out in Sharpie Rocky and starts signing Sweet Ebony. And, and immediately I thought, well, this guy's got the greatest collector's item ever. Fuck this just yes. made, This just made it like a hundred times cooler that he did that. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't even think about asking him to do that, you know. I know, it's, and, and I, I loved Sweet. I did. I remember specifically the Mid Atlantic TV tournament, the TV championship tournament that resulted in him winning. And then uh, they unmasked him, and my friends at school were like, "Ugh, he looked pretty awful once they took the mask off of him." So that that <laughs> that happened when I was like nine or something. I don't know how old it was, but I specifically remember that. And he was Ric Flair. He got the Ric Flair rub. Yes. He was, he was Ric Flair's buddy coming in the territory. And we did not know him, uh, at least the non-smarks among us who were not buying the aftermags. We did not know that he was in any way Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Had nope. no idea. Um, but we knew him as Sweet Emily Diamond. And I was uh, the first people that I was ever drawn to in wrestling were the masked guys. Because they look like superheroes. I love the superheroes like Batman and Spider-Man. So naturally, a masked superstar or a Mr. Wrestling number two would have been, you know, somebody that would have appealed to me. So Sweet Ebony Diamond was sort of an extension of that. What about Mr. Wrestling Tim Woods? What would you think of him? A little bit before my time. Don't remember okay. Mr. Wrestling Tim right. Woods. Well, very never much. mind. You just made me feel old, motherfucker. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> and, and motherfucker. <laughs> I don't I don't have a lot of mis- memories of Mr. Wrestling 2, Johnny Walker. Um, I Red or black? I certainly. I, was, I liked him when he was white. Was oh, one. just oh, the white oh. dude. Okay. Yeah, I'm a racist. I like him white. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I hate. I don't like. I don't like scotch at all. I don't like the taste of scotch. Really? No, and I went no. on. A, I remember going on a scotch binge back in my twenties, some point, like tw- when I was twenty four, twenty five. Right. I just, I didn't get sick of it, but it's like I, I, I think it was just like I, I just discovered it kind of thing, you know. And it's oh, it's so good. It's just so. What did you, what did you drink? What was what was something that would what what is a scotch that somebody should drink for people who don't like scotch? Uh, I, I personally, I like Glenfiddich. And it's fairly that's a, that's a fairly reasonably priced one too, Glenfiddich. Yeah, it's it's yeah. you know it's mid to upper, and mm. you know it's affordable. But would it's only it, yeah. Would you drink it on ice, or would you drink it with a little water, or what would you drink it with? Uh, I personally, it depends, but mostly on ice. Mm. Uh, I just you know the ice melts in it, kind of gives it its own water, but it makes it a little bit chilled to go down a little easier, and and I don't know, man, you make me want some now. See, there you go. I'm, but I'm, I'm, I've never been a fan. But I, I certainly didn't know Johnny Walker was like such a, uh, you know, he was so important to the Carter family, for example, in the 70s in Georgia. And mm. it was Miss Lillian's favorite wrestler. And, that, that, you know, he was going to go to the inauguration of Jimmy Carter, but he wouldn't take off the mask. And the Secret Service was like, eh, sorry, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Meanwhile, the, <laughs> meanwhile, the, isn't that like rule number one or something in there? It, yeah, even even in 1977, when the world was a much safer place, you couldn't walk around you know the White House grounds with a mask on. They wouldn't allow that. I like walking so, into a bank with a mask on. Meanwhile, the Almond Brothers go. They play and they you know smoke up the entire White House. So there, there, that sort of thing happened. But yeah, I. I had no idea that Johnny Walker was such a massive star. And I certainly had no idea that his wife was making, you know, $10,000 robes for the Nature Boy Ric Flair. I had no idea that was happening. I didn't know that was happening. Well, there you go. So they, these, these are all pieces of, of wrestling history. Nice. Impressive. And speaking of wrestling history, I was just catching up. I was telling you about that 605. And it's a really great episode. Scott Teal. Now, you, you heard a little bit of this as we were driving back. Uh, from Irish Potato Road on Sunday. Right. Scott Teal is the guy uh, who he writes fantastic books. I think he helped J.J. Dillon with his book and Ivan Koloff, and there's just a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And Scott Teal has kind of, he tells his stories of uh, woe from the Cauliflower Alley, where he was helping out greatly with the cauliflower. And I'm just going to tell you, you, you have to listen to this episode of the 605 because scott teal goes into rather rather minute detail about why b brian blair is one of the biggest dicks on the planet it's it's really remarkable scott teal being a very nice guy scott and his wife go out there they're volunteering their time they're buying a room uh for the cauliflower convention they're trying to do everything that they can and uh i gotta tell you Brian Blair is ordering them around the way that um, Donald Trump orders around his Diet Coke jockeys. See, just that comparison alone yeah. tell, tells me all I need to know. It's it's stunning. It really is. And, and Scott, in the next episode, I want I really want to get into this Rocky Johnson thing about why the book was pulled and everything. And it's just weird that this would kind of line up and then Rocky would end up dying. And I, I haven't even heard a cause of death or anything like that. Have you? No, as a matter of fact, now that you mentioned it, I haven't. So it's, well, yeah. well, what if, was it me or just when the, when the news first came out, it was kind of a little, you didn't know whether the, the way it was, I forgot. I'm trying to think where I saw it, but it, it wasn't clear on if he was dead or not. It's like reports of, or, getting yeah. word of or something like that. And it was just, I don't know. It just wasn't very clear to start with. It's like they uh, was trying to, you know, try, it wasn't any specifically public, you know, uh, sp- speech made about it or whatever. So they, they, they go into detail about the cauliflower alley. And then, uh, Brian last makes a great point. That Hannibal idiot is in there taping all of this shit, uh, at the cauliflower hour, just putting it on YouTube pretty much for free. I don't know. Maybe he was buying a, sponsor table or whatever he's doing and like brian's asking well why can't they just have this out there as their own exclusive content not allow him to do it and enjoy some of the profits from youtube and there's really no answer to that there's none they can't figure that this hannibal idiot i don't understand have you seen some of his shoot videos no who is this he's a guy it's hannibal tv and he has all these shoot videos and apparently he talks these guys and these legends into and he, he asks dreadful questions. He knows very little about the history of wrestling. And he's just got the worst interview style in the history of the world. Uh, it's very monotonic and dumb. It's really oh. stupid. Oh, were, you, were you trying to get me to do a, a, a Sasha imitation? Is that why you put that tweet out there earlier? Than <laughs> that? It was just so you, man. I could, all I heard was you when she said that shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I don't know. They, they got to work on her. I'd like to work on her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hold on. So yeah, they, they hold on hold on one second. Is he gonna try to pull that up? Yeah. Stand by for comedy. <laughs> I don't see is if you can he... hear this. <laughs> they were they're backstage. Okay. She's uh, been hurt. Yeah. She uh, and Bailey. All right, here we go. I've been working my butt off. I was working my butt off. Somehow it's still there. I've been working my butt off. My butt has been worked off, but I rebuilt it and did glute exercises. (laughs) Okay? So we're seeing a fracturing of the friendship between Bailey and Sasha. 
I w- you know, I wish I'd have thought about doing that before. I guess. I don't know. You know, having, having something come between them and them getting an argument and not be friends and stuff. <laughs> something. If they yeah. would have just done it. God. What if, hey, what if Otis is the one that turns out to fuck over Mandy? What if that happens? Yeah, you know, that's going to be the swerve. Swerve. <laughs> you know why? Because I love it when a guy fucks over a woman. What a, what a bastardization of the classic story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if Adam fucked over Eve? Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this Hannibal idiot tapes the stuff, puts stuff yeah. on YouTube. Apparently, that's okay. Big. And they're like, "Well, you know, if they and and even Scott was going up to him, and going, well, wh- how are you allowed to do that? Well, that's just the way it is. Okay, well, fuck it. So Cauliflower Alley looks like it's just, um, I don't know, it's a lot of shit going on, huh? Bad and and Brian Blair just looks like the bossiest, stupidest motherfucker on earth. See that sucks. I like yeah. the killer bees, man. It seemed like he was a good guy, but he just wants to run this. Thing. And it's not even—I don't even know if he's personally like stuffing his pockets with any cash or anything. Now, allegedly, he's you know helping a couple of wrestlers and stuff, but I—I I, I don't think there's. I don't know. It just—it feels like this is what happens, and this is why I don't belong to a lot of these. A lot of people get involved with these civic organizations. And like the Elks committees. Club and Rural yeah. Club and stuff. And, and I don't have anything against the. I went to when I was a kid. I went to Elks Camp when I was like fourteen or something, and it was fun. It was it was like one of the best experiences ever. It was like a two week deal, and I, and I, I mean these these people do great stuff in the community, but there's always it always happens in any kind of thing where there's one or two people and they just want to grab it and they want to control it and strangle the life out of it not because they're even going to personally profit just because they want to be dicks just because they want to control it and that's why it's very difficult to be a part of any kind of civic organization or jc's or anything like that because there's always one or two people if you're ever in one of those and it truly is a collection of people who are out there not caring about who controls it and whose agenda gets forwarded but really kind of committed to the mission of whatever it is hang on to that be in that group forever because that's so rare i mean it does happen but it's almost always the other way where there's one or two people they just want to gain control of it and grind it into the ground if for no other reason than to just exert their will that's and that happens so often and that's i feel like that's what happened with cauliflower alley i feel like a group of people uh not even a group. I think it's just Brian Blair at this point because they've gone through this, that, and the other. And I think Brian, for the most part, has brought some stability to that organization that was really kind of eh, rudderless. But now it feels like, and if, listening to Scott describe how it was, they would try to have meetings, they would try to pass bylaws, and one or two people would be like, eh, fuck it, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it this way because we've always done it this way. And nothing would ever get done. And it just became, he said, he got, he said, one of the things that really pissed him off is they're going through like, uh, he wasn't even on the executive committee. He was on like the regular committee and they go, all right, well, this guy isn't here because he's sick. And this guy isn't here because of this. And then Les Thatcher isn't here because I don't know, I guess he just doesn't feel like it's important enough to be here. And Scott, <laughs> Scott goes, hey, 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 Les Thatcher's a friend of mine, first of all, and he's got legitimate reasons for coming here, not the least of which is he can't really afford to make it out to Vegas, you dick. So, Damn. <laughs> yeah, that kind of started things off with a bang with the Cauliflower Alley people. Uh, and he did a lot for them. He did a lot with their website and everything else. I'm, I'm very – and now he is he's completely been turned off to wrestling, and now he's trying to collect – comic books get his comic books in order and kind of sell them because i think he's about 66 years old you know and he's looking at his kids don't really give a shit about him so he's trying to get all that stuff together but he's not really some of the joy of pro wrestling has been taken away from him by all of this horseshit politics at cauliflower alley oh you talking about teal yeah oh very sad right yeah shit very sad well Uh, yeah I didn't. Uh, I don't really. Know, I didn't really know much about Cauliflower Alley. I'd heard about it, but didn't really know what all went on there and stuff until really here recently. And and now that you tell me all that, I I really didn't realize that Blair was, you know, the the honcho in that at this point. Has he been, has he always been? Yeah, for on- the past for the past few years. Okay, I just I just didn't after, realize that after a bit of disarray. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, he's been the guy. 
Uh, and then on what else happened on 605? Hustler Rip Rogers discussed uh, the great Izzy Slapowitz who left us recently along with Pampiro Fir- Firpo. Uh, Rogers, this was a good remembrance because it got really emotional at the end. Roger Smith is back on the show to remember his tag partner, Randy Colley. From teaming as the assassins to the development of demolition gimmick from Pensacola to Memphis, Roger shares his memories of this friend that was really good. Um, also, I was listening to uh, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette with Stephen P. New, and they they have a huge legal victory. I don't know if you've heard this. I didn't know they had the victory yet. I they had a huge, a, massive, unbelievable legal that, victory. that mud show people that yeah, had the his, guys that were trying to had his face on yeah. And this is this is actually a pretty good story. So these assholes have this T-shirt that are selling mocking Jim Cornette and stuff. As it turns out, they didn't even pay the artist who drew the stuff they were putting on their T-shirt. So Jim kind of pays the guy. Therefore, the image is him. So therefore, on top of everything else, these mudshot dickheads, they're using artwork that that legally belongs to Jim. <laughs> And they keep going to Stephen Stupid. Pinu. Oh, you're just a fake lawyer, piece of shit. You can't go all the way from West Virginia up to Pennsylvania. Because, you know, West Virginia and Pennsylvania, thousands of miles apart. Oh, I don't know if you've heard this. Well, it took days to get there. There's no, I don't even think you can get to Pennsylvania from West Virginia. It's just not possible, ladies and gentlemen. It just would never, there's no way, there's no mode of transportation that can Especially be Especially in 2020. God almighty. So he goes up to Pennsylvania and he files like, you know, and he just beats these guys, beats the brakes off of these idiots, just kills them time and again. And they finally learn, oh, yeah, I guess we're I guess we don't have anything to, to stand on. We're screwed. Dummy. Yeah. And then a good uh, he does. He has a really good uh, conversation with Bobby Fulton there. Yeah. So that's I haven't a listened good, to it yet. I haven't heard Cornette today. Yeah, it's good. And then they, they uh, beat up on AEW a little bit. Uh, oh, and yes, that uh, now, did you watch NXT? Uh, I haven't watched the whole thing. I was flipping it back and forth. That Robert Stone character on NXT really is supposed to be Tony Khan. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I saw I saw Meltzer, uh, my friend, David Meltzer. Mm-hmm. He he had, had tweeted about this and somebody said, well, is that is that thing supposed to be Tony Khan? He goes, well, I didn't think so at first, but I've been told. By enough people that, yeah, it probably almost definitely is supposed to be Tony Khan. Wow. Which I think is, again, that's humor. Why would you ever sell that anybody like that? That you, first of all, the it's, this again is why Vince McMahon is exactly like Donald Trump. What is, what is Donald Trump's line about Lev Parnas? What does he say about Lev Parnas? Oh, I've, I haven't heard that one. I never met him. I don't know who that guy. Oh, is. oh yeah, yeah, that one. I don't know who uh, that is. The, the one he says about all of them. Yeah. So, hey, hey, Vince, you ever seen he AEW? Anybody? Hey, Vince, do you know what AEW is? You ever seen it? No, I don't know what that is. I never heard of it. I got. I it. never heard of it. What is that? AEW. I don't know. Is that like some sort of one of those rock bands? I have no idea what that is. But he, of course, he does, and he's watched it and everything else, you know. And he, they, they, but he always no, you know, sell it right. That's the Vince McMahon yeah, thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Hey, Vince, you ever heard of Jesus? I don't know who that is. Who's Jesus? What are you talking about? (laughs) Right? So, I mean, oh, it's, uh, by the way. Yeah. Get get ready, Bryant. Hmm? Monday, MLK Day. So we're going to get the video tribute to Vince's personal hero, Martin Luther King Jr. I think we'll just get one. Oh, God. I think we might get two, like at the open and somewhere in in the middle. I don't know. It just, I, I don't, you know, again, have him come out and start clapping on stage. If I may quote my friend, if I might quote my friend, Brad Krantz, if that was your hero, you blew it. <laughs> it did I tell you, did I ever tell you that story? I don't think so. We're in the meeting, uh, at, at, uh, you know, I used to be in radio. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. We're in the ma- meeting with, uh, afternoon personality, Alan Handelman, who I think, you know, f- fairly well. Yes, yes, I'm, a, and, I'm and aware. Was, he's waxing poetic about how when he was growing up up north, he loved Dan Ingram, who was a legendary disc jockey in New York. I think on WNBC, but on you know some of the other legendary radio stations up in New York, mm-hmm. like maybe WABC. I know he's. I guess Dan Ingram was on WABC. You know, legendary. Was he a rock disc, jock? I don't. I'm he not was a no, top with forty guy. Top, top forty. Guy. Okay. Big time, huge morning, like the like one of the most listened to morning guys in all of America, and 
a reason that I don't think I'm overstating this. A generation of Americans even got into that business. There were there were people like Brad Krantz who were growing up in the '60s and stuff, and they listen to that guy. And they go, "I got to do this for a living." So Handelman <laughs> is telling like he he went to Dan, he hung out with Dan Ingram while he did his show and everything, and Brad's looking incredulously at him like, "God, if that was your hero, you blew." <laughs> 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 that's such a Brad Krantz line, man. <laughs> so again, if I would say to Vince McMahon, if that was your hero, what part of your life in any way demonstrates the values of a Martin Luther King Jr.? Oh, wait. <laughs> do you think if... Do you oh, think I know. Martin, leaving people over in Saudi Arabia. That's it. it Martin, I, everybody remembers that great story of that overseas trip that Martin Luther King Jr. took where they got in a little trouble with the government and he left everybody behind and took a private jet back to the United States. I think we all I'll remember that story. That. I'll that, never forget that. That certainly <laughs> happened. <laughs> You've got to be shitting me. Seriously. Honestly. Oh, yeah. we It's coming. You know that. It's, it blows my mind that that's a shoot, that that's like his real hero. Mm-hmm. And that like when, when Teddy Long, uh, you know, was the general manager, he had that picture of, of Martin Luther King and I guess some other people on the back. It was like, oh, Vince like took, yeah, look at that. It's great. We can have that on camera now. It's great. Fantastic. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Has Vince donated like a lot of money to the MLK, like the, the the historical society or whatever, the preservation of all of that stuff down in Atlanta? Has he done that? Well, doesn't he go down there to visit every time they're, you know, sure. have a, or, a, a well, raw they, smackdown in, in the. They in did. The, they did have the guys when they were in Memphis go by and see, you know, the hotel balcony where Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. And it was they've, they've done stuff like that. But I, I don't know. They didn't catch Vince on camera doing it or. Has Vince donated millions of dollars to the man that 83% of African-Americans say is a racist and who is president of the United States? Is that is so you, you have an opportunity where you could give money to civil rights organizations or you could give money to the guy who saw he saw fault on both sides in Charlottesville. Which path did Donald John Trump senior take? Hmm. Ask yourself that. Would Martin Luther King Jr., if he was today, if he was alive today, do you think he would be out there championing the cause of Donald John Trump Sr.? And by the way, when that <laughs> poll came out and it said eight in 10 African Americans think that Donald Trump is a racist, I want to talk to the two. Where are the two? <laughs> are they diamond and star or whatever those those people were? What, what were they? I don't know where those women Diamond were. and Pearl. I, don't, whatever, I have no idea. Is that who they were? They could be. <laughs> who were the two, Bryant? Who were the two? I don't know. Who were the twenty percent? I don't who were the one in five? I don't I don't get that. I, I don't know. It's made up. I don't know. So as, as you guys watch that on Monday and you see the, the huge tribute to Vince's personal hero. Who I'm sure he championed a lot when he was in Havelock, North Carolina, and told all, all of his friends in high school, "Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, the, Dr. King, that's my boy. Yeah, I like that guy a lot. I like the cut of his jib." Oh, I know something else that, that, that Martin Luther King did that, that's what like that. What did you do? What, yeah, what you do, remember what, that time? You remember that time Titus O'Neil was visiting with uh, with Martin Luther King, and, and Martin Luther King, and, and he jerked away from his arm because he was trying to let his daughter through. You, oh, you know, remember that? You were, yeah, remember that time? This is a good one. I think you remember this one. Martin Luther King said, okay, when you guys go out in front of me, when I make the speech of this church, I want you to throw some pancakes to some people in the crowd. That was, I think that was a good one. I remember that one. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus mm. you're gonna see that on monday i want i want everybody to prepare for that on monday for the big three-day weekend you know i'd forgotten about it till you just said it i wasn't even thinking about yeah, it but yeah you know, that's yeah. why i'm here to think about the things that no one else thinks about <laughs> yes you're so good at that i really am vince's personal hero 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> uh, Bryant can be followed on social media, Twitter and Instagram. He's at Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports. I'm Britt Whitmire on the Twitter machine, B-R-I-T-T-W-H-I-T-M-I-R-E. The show is at Katie Vick Alive on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram, B-Dub4Reels, B-D-U-B, number 4-R-E-E-L-Z. And uh, the show can be supported in the following manner. If you shop at Amazon, just shop through our Amazon store, which is katievick.com. Doesn't cost you anything uh, as far as extra. The stuff that you buy from Amazon is going to cost the same. They're just going to break us off a little piece there. That's what they do, katievick.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.